The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Okay, so we'll go ahead with a meditation at this point. So finding a posture that is upright and also relaxed, settling in for for a sitting, great. Maybe as you bring your attention in, just feeling the body in this posture, it can help to connect with the places where you're touching, so the seat against the chair and your legs against the chair or your feet against the floor. Maybe attuning the mind to the stability of where you're sitting and allowing it to support you. as you soften and let the chair and really ultimately the earth support you, you can feel some degree of ease perhaps, uprightness. Softening the muscles of the face. Around the eyes, the forehead, around the mouth. Softening the eyes and the eye sockets. Letting any agitation that can be relaxed from the head area, just settle out as if you're relaxing a thinking muscle. And softening down through the shoulders. And into the chest area. Letting your heart soften to whatever degree it wants to right now. Maybe imagining the shoulder blades sliding down the back. Letting the belly be round and soft. Opening the hip joints down through the legs, the brace, any bracing in the legs, releasing and all the way into the feet, just having a sense of 
openness in the body to whatever degree it's available. And then turning to the mind. Allowing our attention to be like the body, soft, open, receptive, even kind, just meeting our current experience. We'll begin our engagement with the metta practice with a benefactor. So somebody who has supported us in our practice in some way. It could be a teacher or a spiritual friend. It could even be the author of a book or the artist of a work of art that has moved us. Bringing to mind one of these people. It should be someone who's alive. just feeling that sense of connection, of warmth that we feel to such a person and how easy it is to in a simple way just wish them well we wish that they are safe from inner and outer harm that they're happy in their life and don't have complicated emotions. We wish them to be healthy and well. And living with ease. Without difficulty or conflict. just enjoy the the simple wishing well of this person who has touched us in some way you can use words or phrases similar to what I said or if you, you can also just keep in mind the general wish of goodwill of care 
And maybe you're having a hard time choosing. Maybe there's another one coming to mind. It's fine to just have the one. Or if you find that there are several, uh, you could think of them as kind of a mandala. Kind of arrayed around you. There's no need to try to include absolutely everyone, but a few if you want. Kind of a mandala of benefactors. Wishing that they have safety, happiness, health, and an useful life. As we continue, please bring in yourself as the initially the recipient of their support, but as we found in the exercise, it's not so separate. So we have good wishes for our practice, for our life. Turn the metta toward yourself. May I be safe. happy, healthy, and living with ease. So as you're becoming familiar with this quality of metta, perhaps you've evoked it to some degree now, 
can notice that metta is a, a mental quality. We do feel it in the body, often in the heart area or as warmth throughout the body. But metta is understood to be a, a mental factor in the mind. It's an attitude. So noticing this, noticing this kindness in our mind, goodwill. And we can notice and even feel that metta is a thoroughly wholesome quality. completely on the side of the wholesome. And feeling that goodness. This wholesomeness makes metta part of the path. It's part of the fourth noble truth. perhaps taking a moment again to connect with the self or the benefactor so we feel that quality, the metta, saying the phrases if it's useful. As we focus on and use and bring to mind this quality, we are in effect aligning our being with the wholesome. Wishing for all good things, wishing for benefit. Metta practice can be about saturating your consciousness with this thoroughly wholesome quality. Let your mind be drenched in metta. Thoroughly penetrated and infused. this is a feeling that is spread throughout your being, then just rest, feeling that. But it, it may be that there is some part of the mind or heart that is not quite on board. It's common that there's some part that doesn't want to align. When the term is so strong, align your being with the wholesome, 
we feel a little bit of fear or a little bit of self-righteousness or or indifference to such a deep level of care. It's okay. There's a little bit of resistance. That's simply Mara, which we can then feel as an active force in the mind. Ignorance is not a passive unknowing. It's a resistance to the wholesome. If there is such a part, then just allow that part to be included. You can have metta for that too. And stay more with the part of the mind that is aligned with the wholesome. Perhaps going back to the benefactor or the self to reconnect with that metta. So the attitude of metta attunes the mind to what is supportive to the path. We can feel clearly what is wholesome and what is resisting that. In this way, metta is itself a path. So in the last few minutes, making this meditation again very concrete, so imagining people, the people who have supported you, who are your spiritual friends, arrayed around you in a mandala, and resting, knowing that these are the folks who will help keep us on the path. Keep us aligned with the wholesome.
Thank you, Kim. So that was some loving kindness, some metta practice. And then we've been also talking about Kalyanamita, this idea of being a good spiritual friend or being supported by good spiritual friends or some mutual support. And where that happens, no matter where we are on this path of practice. So we do have this um, idea in this tradition that um, awakening is a path. There's, uh, you know, good things and bad things about using that metaphor. Some things that um, can, can be supportive. But no matter where we are, whether we're in the very beginning of our practice, whether we've been practicing for decades, or whether we've um, our whole life is completely dedicated to the Dharma and practicing, and we have um, and are in the role of um, supporting lots and lots of people. This idea of being a good spiritual friend itself is a practice. And that is one way is if we're going to be supported by others, then we have to have this willingness to learn. We have to be teachable. That is, we have to recognize that, oh, maybe there is something to to learn. Maybe there is um, some things that, some views that I have or some ideas that I have. Maybe I can hold them in a soft way. I can hold them in a gentle way with palms open that allows me to be receptive and allows me to learn from others. That is, maybe when we see other people that we imagine have um, some benefits from practice or have um, some experiences in practice that we don't have, maybe instead of kind of like falling into some feeling like, oh, why why do they have that? I don't have that. You know, this comparing mind, which never leads to a good place, just if you haven't noticed already. So rather than doing that, maybe there's a sense of, okay, well, what can I learn here? Here's a person who's practiced for decades, maybe. Or here's a person that was um, really involved in all areas of their life or be, is um, in a way to become more settled and to see themselves more clearly, to see the world more clearly. Maybe in lots of different ways of their life, they've been moving towards this idea of letting go, so these two kind of movements of seeing with clarity and letting go are such an integral part of the path. And maybe other individuals have um, done that in ways that are obvious and not so obvious. And maybe we can learn from them. So can we be inspired by others in a way that s- supports our own practice? But also, can we have some discernment? Can we um, use some of our own experiences of whatever senses of freedom or whatever feelings of more openness and spaciousness, loving kindness, compassion, whatever experiences of those that we've had, can we use that as a way to have some discernment about, okay, is this relationship with this friend. It might even not be a particular relationship, but is that support a movement in that direction?
So to have some um, recognition of what's helpful, what's not so helpful, what's skillful, what's wholesome, what's helpful. As part of this practice of uh, Kalyanamita. And then I think that um, we will discover the more that we do this type of practice or have the idea of um, friends and other people in the practice, the more we have that um, as an orientation, as a frame of reference, as a way to think about um, other people in our life and the way that we show up in the world, then we start to see that it's just naturally unfolds that our ethics start to grow. If we understand ethics really grossly, really broadly as the way that we treat others, we can see that that starts to um, be a little bit more uh, infused with care. Starts to be more infused of with a maybe a bigger picture of okay, what's really beneficial for this person? What's beneficial for me? What's beneficial for both of us here? We can start to see that um, perhaps our confidence grows as we start to have this idea of this framework of practicing with a good spiritual friends. We start to see that. Um, others, the common humanity, that so many of us have similar struggles, similar um, things where we get caught, get stuck a little bit. And then with the recognizing like, oh, I'm not alone with this, there can be a sense of confidence, which also can also be a sense of faith can grow as we see other people maturing in the practice. Okay, yeah, it seems like this person is really dedicated, but then we can recognize that they also seem to be very kind. Doesn't mean they're perfect. Doesn't mean they have their life completely together. It just means that um, there's if we can see some benefits for them, their uh in their life from their commitment to practice. And that might instill a little bit of faith for us. And generosity is such an integral part of any relationship. And this whole spiritual path, in some ways, we might say, is related to generosity and the idea of letting go. Opposite of acquiring this path is not about getting more, getting more, getting more, getting more, acquiring, acquiring, acquiring. It's this movement, you know, freedom is about letting things go. And there's so many ways in which our relationships offer an opportunity for us to be generous, to practice in that way. And then I talked about uh, some discernment. Another word, of course, is wisdom just have this recognition of this is supportive, this is not so supportive. And then to organize our life accordingly, according to what's important to us and and to appreciate uh, how much we are influenced by people around us. Um, I've told this story a few times, but wow, it was such a powerful story for me of um, going to the movies, this is a number of years ago, going to the movies uh, with a friend of mine. Um, And as it happened, this movie had a tremendous amount of four-letter words, profanity, and it, you know, there was just the characters in it that were just using that. 
So, and it, right, you know how the movie theaters are. It is so, it's intended to be immersive, right? So you're immersed and it's so loud. And and then I just came out of that movie and I was swearing nonstop. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> All this language just came out of my mouth. points to, you know, right? we are susceptible to write what we're surrounded by, right? So just this practice, the practice of being a good spiritual friend, of supporting others, being supported by others, and also just recognizing and feeling and noticing when support happens. Sometimes it's just happening, all of us just sitting here, I mean, Kim Ying and I could have met. We did meet to plan this class, but we could have just met and talked about this ourselves. But it's so much greater that you guys are here. We can share it in this way. So now I'll pass this on to Ying. So... um and since we talked about practice, Karyanamita as practice, and this is a sutta study and a practice course, and we did introduce a, a whole host of it. <laughs> we didn't even quite realize it, but when we kind of put together, uh, we started um, uh, uh, something along the lines of appreciation in the first week, a gratitude practice, and we introduced the metta, and in both last uh, two sessions. And we also introduced a little form of a chanting. And, uh, and now we also talked about Kalyanamita as a practice itself. And so in the next um, um, portion, we will um, get into a breakout room, uh, break, break, uh, breakout groups, Maybe we'll still do the group of three. Do you think this is... Yeah, but maybe different three. Different three, yes. So we kind of listen to other people (laughs) that we haven't heard about before. And when you get uh, uh, to your groups, and I'll give you the questions uh, or prompts. Okay? To your group, and the prompt for this is related to these practices. And so... Um, how do you relate to this practice, uh, these different practices that we've been going through? And so appreciation, metta, gratitude, and um, chanting, as well as the Kalyanamita itself. And then some example questions. Um, it doesn't have to be kind of restricted to just this uh, few examples of how you might relate to the practice, but you could use them if you like to. So have you done this before? And uh, how have they changed uh, you through this course as you're engaged in this? Um, are you allowed to not liking it at all? <laughs> so, um, and so, you know, you can kind of just share a little bit about how you relate to uh, these practices. And which person goes first? Oh, okay. So, let's see. And this time, the person who's closest to the store. 
I guess. You have to discern who's close to the door. So you all had the chance to uh, speak, I suppose. Um, we're just wondering if you would like to uh, share with, with each other in terms of a sutta study as well. And we talked about the practice. And maybe uh, just a little bit about how you relate to the sutta studies in this course as well. Um, and go another round for a few minutes. And then we'll regroup back. So we'll um, just open up this uh, next few minutes for any questions for our material so far or um, do a debrief of what if you've shared. Um, so any of those aspects. And there's okay, one there's here. Do you realize that you all like the same thing and I could be completely mistaken. Uh, but I, I remember a sutta that was slightly different from the first, first sutta that we read, where the Buddha goes to an encampment and nobody's getting along, and he, you know, and he stays there for a while and he asks a few questions, and then he says, I don't like this, I'm going to leave. And he goes to the next place, and they get along perfectly. And when he interviews them, he says, well... Whatever so-and-so wants to do, that's fine with me. And -and so-and-so says, whatever I want to do, that's fine with him. And there's that mutual business. And that has led me to reconsider and to rethink about all of my preferences, because it's the difference in preferences that usually causes conflict. And so I sort of think about these different things about the way I like to have it done, different sorts of things in my life. And one time I was even making lists of these so I could take a look at them and see how attached I am to them. But one of the things that I find really interesting about preferences is that I often don't choose them. It's like they choose me. (laughs) And after they choose me, 
I find words to explain why I want these things to be this way. It's not like I want things to be this way because of the words come first. It's like the words follow afterwards, at least for me. And so one of the ways to, for me to be closer to people is to realize, in fact, that I have preferences. I can, I can be attached to them in a variety of ways, tend all the way down to one. And so does everybody else. And if I can just realize that and let go of my own insistence on having my own way, my life goes a lot easier. So I really like that other sutta, although I couldn't find it. I couldn't remember where I got it. Uh, so, yeah. But it didn't say anything about spiritual friends, so that's why you guys didn't choose it, because I know you guys know everything. Yeah. <laughs> And let me see if the light is on. Is the light is hello? on. Hello? I can speak with that. Underneath the number three. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I spoke in this um, circle for the following reason. We, were all, we all did our sharing about the suttas, and what all came up for all of us was the special way you all are, that it's almost like you're modeling what's in the suttas. We feel a certain um, energy that you radiate, and we can see, you know, we can just see that you're so connected. And I, when I come into um, IMC, I, I often feel that spirituality, but I really feel that between the three of you. You said you were friends, but it's almost like you're living out. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that, and I would put Hillary in this too. <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, that, that those qualities seem to really shine through you all and the way you're interacting and all of it. So that. Yeah, thank you. Well, there's not much to say, actually, after such amazing wisdom coming from this group. Um, So this will finish us up for today, but we uh, would suggest, if over the coming week, uh, reading this nice um, handout again, and um, looking at these uh, sutta quotes and kind of pondering um, the teachings there, but also noticing these different dimensions of Kalyanamita in your own life. You know, we know they're not totally separate, but being supported by other people, mutual support, and then being a support for others. And how do those flow in and out of your life throughout this coming week? Um, and then in terms of practice, if you want to expand your metta practice to include more beings, make your mandala a little bit larger. Um, see how that goes for you if it's of interest. Thank you.